This is the Alpaca Podcast for all things alpaca. If you're an owner, a soon-to-be owner, a want-to-be owner, or are just alpaca mad or love the fleece, welcome to the Alpaca Tribe. I'm Steve Hetherington. Hi, Steve here, and welcome to the Alpaca Tribe, the podcast for alpaca people. I noticed the other day that the vegetation around the valley seems to be at low tide, by which I mean that everything's died back, the dead stuff's come off the trees, the leaves have come off, lots of things have been trampled down by the alpacas being backwards and forwards, and it's just easier to see what's going on that you can then do work on. So it's that time of year, at least here in the UK, (laughs) and there's much less vegetation. So it's a good time for doing repairs and for doing maintenance. Challenges, what to do? Where do you start? Where do you finish? Currently, the problem we have here is working in the wet. (laughs) It's just so... mm, It's Wales, what do you expect? I know I keep saying that, but it's wetter than normal. It really is. And today has been absolutely tipping it down. So it's not really good weather for working in the wet. Working indoors, maybe doing some repairs indoors are better. You might have some things to do there. So the other question then is what kind of tools do you need to be able to do the kind of work that you might want to do? So I'm thinking fences. I'm thinking straining wires, barbed wire if you need barbed wire or plain wire. How do you do that? How do you tension it? How do you fix it? That kind of thing. And also the kind of thing of removing the weeds, the things that are potentially problematic. One thing I noticed when I was up on the hill the other day with the boys is that the foxgloves are really, because everything else has died back and is really low, they've grazed a lot of the grass lower, but the foxgloves are really standing out. Large green leaves, they're lasting through the winter very nicely, thank you very much. And therefore, they can be easily grabbed and pulled and twisted and given a good good shake. So you can actually get rid of them. You can see them very clearly. You can remove them very easily. Now, with a pair of gloves on, is a great time for dealing with foxgloves. And there are other things you might need some other tools for. Some of the brambles could be cut back. That's going to need some secateurs at least, probably. Maybe a slasher or whatever to to cut with. Alternatively, using something like uh, long-handled loppers that you can get in and you can remove the bigger, thicker stuff. (laughs) You can pick them up and move them without having to get your hands anywhere near those horrible spines. And then cutting back things that are also in the wrong place, such as uh, trees and the kind of shrubbery that grows up just amongst everywhere. So that's a good time for dealing with that kind of thing. So dealing with the weeds, dealing with the plants in the wrong place, overhanging branches. (laughs) Some of mine are not overhanging anymore. They've sagged so much. Willow particularly does that, doesn't it? It it kind of bends down, bends down, and then it snaps and starts cracking. So there's a bit here and there that needs a, a bit of attention. And it may just need a bit of working with a brush hook, or it could be that you're going to need to use a chainsaw, in which case only use it if you know what you're doing. Don't lift it higher than you should. You know. You know the rules. It's so tempting, though, isn't it? So be careful with all these things, whether you've got sharp edges and you're swinging axes or goodness knows what around, really be careful with what you're doing. If you're not sure, hesitate and stop the swing rather than carry through and risk injuring yourself or someone else. So do work carefully, particularly in the wet. 
it's important to to do that. Wear good gloves. A lot of gloves around at the moment have um, nice surfaces on them, which are good for gripping and sort of sticky surfaces. We've got some lovely gloves with bright orange. What is it? Mm, it's kind of rubbery stuff. The trouble is, over time, they start sticking to each other. So you end up with your fingers stuck to each other rather than, that's not very helpful. And you also end up with, they they just kind of get a bit uh, old and you need to throw them away, get a new pair. But yeah, good pair of gloves, find something that fits you well, is comfortable, preferably is going to keep the moisture out as much as possible. And yeah, work safely with all your tools. So the other thing to think about was fencing. I've got a number of posts that are, are just rotting off. We seem to have a, a change with the way the wood was treated. Um, not completely sure why, but it seems to be generalised throughout the UK. It doesn't seem to be just here in this part of Wales. And they tend to rot and snap off at, at ground level much quicker than you'd expect. Uh, I know you'd like them to last forever and they're never going to do that, but a wooden post should last for a reasonable length of time. Strangely, I've got some posts that are in really wet ground. I mean, really wet ground. And they seem to go on forever. Uh, they're very solid and they're not going anywhere. And the ones that are in sort of damp ground and it dries and it gets wet and that kind of stuff, they seem to suffer and they snap and split and, and turn into powder in the middle. So they need replacing. If you've got a whole length of fence, you might want to replace the whole fence. I don't think you need to do that. Generally, it's an odd post or a number of posts. And what you can do is to drive a new post alongside the old one. It's probably going to snap off the old one, uh, and or it has already. And I've got alpacas that lean up against the fence, that wipe themselves against the fence, and they actually end up, <laughs> they just stretch. You can hear this kind of horrible noise as they push themselves against the fence. Uh, and where you've got a dodgy post, they will find it and it'll snap. So you need to, to be replacing those, keep the fence upright, <laughs> keep them secure. So the fence post, the new one goes in next to it. Now, if you need to use, you can get a big, fairly heavy iron bar that you can drive into, just hold it and you just, the weight of it, you can just drive it in, give you a starter hole and then get your, your post in line, get it upright. Um, I found a short, um, what is it? Seven, eight, somewhere like that, eight inch, whatever that is in centimeters. It's a short spirit level. It allows me to make sure that the post is going in as upright as you can be and you adjust it. And you've got two angles, of course. You've got the front to back. If you're driving the post in, then you will tend to drag it towards you or push it away from you, depending on your technique. And it's also got left and right. You've got the level of the land, things to take into account and stones within the ground as you go. So that's why that metal bar that you can drive down and that, that just gives you a starting for the, it's like a starter hole for the for the post. Post goes in and then you've got two options. Either you've, well, you've got a mallet. A little hammer's not going to do. Sledgehammer is too too small. It's going to smash up the post really quickly. You've got a wider head mallet uh, for driving po fence posts. And that's going to be either a metal one. So it's probably aluminium, which makes it a bit lighter, but it's still fairly heavy. Um, so you swing that. Again, if you don't get it spot on, you're going to tend to damage your post. You're going to have to cut off the top potentially, or it splits and it just makes a complete mess. You can also get rubber ballots, same same principle with a, with, with a rubber head. Um, I've had mixed su success with those, really. The other one then is a post driver, which I, it's, it's a, a much more substantial piece of metal, very heavy, two handles, two long 
uh, handles on one on either side and it fits over the top. It's, it's kind of a, a tube that fits over the top of the solid base that, that you just lift it up and bang, bang, bang. And it's a very distinctive noise. I find that when I'm doing that, just a word of warning, I find that I don't breathe. <laughs> That's not a good technique. Um, I get concentrated on what I'm doing and I'm trying to drive it out, trying to move it, this jolly old post into the ground. And I forget that I'm supposed to do it slow and steady and keep breathing. So I get about 10 strokes in and suddenly I'm gasping for breath and have to have a little break and all the muscles are starting to stop working. So you need to take a, a steady approach to driving these things in. Don't go mad. Particularly if you're going to do a number of them, you need to, to get a nice rhythm and routine going. Ideally, all that kind of stuff is best done with another person with you. I know it's not always possible. But ideally, most of this kind of work, fencing work in particular, needs to have a, another person there. What I've found is going in, replacing the post right next to, you can then use a fencing tool. I'll put a picture in the show notes on the website. It's a very particular tool. You need to know how to use it, but it's very useful, multi-purpose tool for taking out old staples. Uh, a staple is not like you, <laughs> you put it into paper, but it's a similar kind of thing. It just means that it's a loop. Of metal, you get different sizes. Make sure you go for the biggest, the bigger size. Really, it's going to going to suit you much better. They they go into the post and tack on the, the fence, uh, and then the top wire, either barbed wire or plain wire. So, a multi tool is really useful, and you can actually kind of grip it. It's like a pair of pliers with a, a hammer at one end and a spike curved over on the other end, which allows you to pull out things that have been in there for a long time and you can twist them out and you can get a bit of leverage with those. So that is a really useful tool, often useful to have seen somebody else using it first uh, so that you can see exactly how it's best used. But you can get tension on the fence, the wire itself, so the stock fence, or on a piece of wire at the top. And you can also pull out the things. Now it's got quite a narrow head for driving in those staples. So that's a challenge. <laughs> I cheat. I use a normal hammer. Oh, you can do the same. So it's a multi-purpose tool. It's very useful. And what I do is drive in the new post right next to. Um, often I'll take off the old post, depending on how, how much it's rotted and gone floppy and loose. It's probably broken off completely. Then I will actually detach it, really, from the old fencing. Because, firstly, because it doesn't look like you've done a very good job if you've got these old tacky posts that are kind of hanging on to the wire. It also gives you space, so you need to be able to have space to use the driver or to, to run the mallet. So... You can just take off, pull out these things, and then you want to put them in your pocket or have a bag or a or a something that you put them in. You can get a, a it's a pot, really, usually plastic of, and that's usually five kilograms or whatever, of the sell them by weight, of the staples. So that's really helpful to buy them in quantity and have sufficient to, to get the job done. I'm not going to go into so much detail about fencing. It's a... Yeah, you're best having a friend or a neighbor or somebody show you how to do it and to work with you. It's it's a good way to learn and you'll kind of speed up. Otherwise, you can learn the hard way, which is a lot of what I had to do, but that's fine. Uh, I did watch my neighbor who knows exactly what he's doing and is he's an artist at work doing that kind of thing. So that's really helpful to, to have those kind of people around you. So if in doubt, ask, but you, you just got to learn how to manage those things. So replacing the posts, good time to do that. You can cut back the vegetation. Most of it's gone anyway, but a bit of dead brambles and things, you can, can create some space. You can see where the holes are. Replace the bit of fence. 
the, the stocking, the, the stock wire, the fence wire, or replace the fence posts, which is more likely what you need to do. Occasionally, some of it will rust through and you need to replace the, the fence itself or a piece of that itself. But generally, it's just going to be the, the posts that need tightening up and, and putting in place. If you're going in the same place, you probably can can tie the fence to the, the post very easily and it's going to, going to have enough tension because it's kind of essentially in the same place. Um, if you need to put tension on there, there's various tools around. Uh, that's beyond the, the scope of explaining that by podcast it's a tricky one to see there, there are videos out there and and um, again it's you get better at that the more you do it but there are chain tensioners and all kinds of things check it out get somebody to show you how to do that properly and it's a good skill to have going going further forward so they're the kind of things so particularly was thinking about removing the weeds and seeing to the fences but there are other things around as well there's a lot you can do and you probably can turn a corner and find something, another five jobs there. Do it a little at a time. Build it up. See to things now so that it doesn't build up. So you're actually getting to a situation where you build it into your work just generally. Don't walk past weeds. Pull them out. Don't do them all. Don't spend hours doing that. But each time you go past somewhere that you see a weed, then take one out, two, three, four. They're done. They're not going to be there the next time you go past. It's that old, the old adage of uh, a stitch in time saves nine. And... Also, that one year's seeds gives seven years weeds. Hmm. Don't we know it? So there's things you can do just to encourage you uh, to take advantage of this time of year, at least in the UK. I realise that in other parts of the world it may not be uh, as easy, but still the principle applies. Do the work little and often. Learn how to do these basic maintenance and repair things is much cheaper than getting somebody to come in. If you've got to have a, a length of fence replaced or, or renewed or even new stuff put in, it's worth getting someone in to do the job for you. Maybe offering your services to help work with them. Just a thought. So, yeah. So I, I spent a bit of time out in the valley the other day and there's another little section of audio diary, which I hope you enjoy. See you again soon. So we're, um, the wind's blowing from the north again, <laughs> and we've had a night of heavy rain. So the, the lake is very brown, full and overflowing, but it's coloured all the way. It clears really quickly. It does, just comes through. I uh, can see the weed on the top, some of the weed that's, that's built up around the edges. Um, and other places I can't reach. <laughs> We might be able to reach some of it with a, a rake just to clear it, loosen around the edges a bit more. Uh, it's not choking up the, the lake yet, but it's obviously if you leave it long enough, it will. And the birds are busy this morning. Got some ducks cruising around. We had some visitors in a week. Um, and that was uh, Gusanders, which we had a, a male and three females uh, at one point. And they were just, uh, just enjoying the break I think it was uh, icy so the, I'm not sure where they were from they're not from here just visiting and the place they're from is probably more iced than it was here so they came and spent a couple of days three days here but we haven't seen them for a few days now so it uh, comes and goes the bulrush or the reed island in the middle of the lake is really looking thin <laughs> although it's been flattened we got had the, the heavy rain heavy wind um, and it's now full, and you can see right through it. This is the 
the low tide, I was thinking the other day, it was the low tide time of year where all the vegetation is right, died back and up on the fields where the boys, the male alpacas are, you've got a lot of thinning. Uh, some bits where they're backwards and forwards all the time is, they've got definite paths, but the, the other bits where they're walking over, it's cleared the um, the bracken to some extent. You can see some green areas. It's not necessarily grass. Got so much green stuff that isn't grass. Um, so you can see the fence lines much more clearly. You can see the dieback of uh, the leaves and they've been washed off by the rain and the wind and released any that were hanging on to. The, the oaks tend to hang on to their leaves the longest, I think. And uh, that was there to store, but, but God, we've just got bare, bare branches now. A little bit of, do you know, <laughs> there's a little bit of bud on the end of these some of these branches. And there were some birds pairing up the other day and the birds are starting to sing a bit more. And it's a little bit of green growth here and there. And you think, oh, guys, you haven't realised it's not, the winter's not over yet. It's not spring yet. Don't, don't get started too soon. And it's this kind of, kind of time of year when you get a little bit of warmth. You get the frogs, they'll get busy. <laughs> and it's just, oh, it's so sad. Because they'll, they'll, down further, right down the end of the valley, and there's a, there's a few ruts where I've been down with the tractor. And it fills it with water. And the, the frogs get busy and, and lay their eggs. I've got to be really careful about going up there with a the tractor again. But also it's uh, so exposed to any hard frosts. So it means that they end up a lot of eggs. Uh, that's one of the reasons that they lay so many, I guess. Um, they don't all make it, and uh, some will. But yeah, so it's very brown water. And you can hear it coming through at the top of the lake. So it's various branches have been snapped here and there. Some of it's just superficial stuff, some of them are a bit bigger. So I need a bit of a tidy up, but yeah, the... Oh, this is the beautiful buds on the end of these branches. That's actually hazel. And that comes through and then it opens up. Oh, goodness me, look at that. There's one, two, three. Oh, I can't count now. There's a whole bunch of hazel catkins just coming through already. Where are we, 15th of January? So it's trying for an early, trying for an early spring. Um, hope it doesn't get caught out. I guess as long as it all doesn't happen really early, then some might survive and get in a march on the others. So we shall see what happens with that. I'll keep an eye on this, but yeah, so the, the hazel catkins are just starting to appear. It seems very early compared to the other times. So very wet um, surface water at the moment. And uh, it's going to go, oh, it keeps coming and going. We're going to have nice bit and then the high high pressure comes in and stabilizes the weather and then the, the low pressure comes back in and unstabilizes so we have unsettled weather coming later next week but for the moment um yeah it's quite a bit of cloud but it's fairly high and i can see some blue sky it could could open up and be quite nice a bit later on and uh, the alpacas will do their thing they're in the stable at the moment, having had the, their feed. And we will probably see them move around. And they, they may come down the far end of the valley. There's some grazing and drying ground 
relatively speaking, this is down the far end. Because this is the time of year when you, you get the, the rain comes. And these springs just appear from places they've never been before. Um, I'm walking up a bit that looks like it's got a little river coming down it. Uh, something's blocked somewhere. It's not flowing the usual, usual bits. Normal. And then the, the ivy is nice and green. That's the downside. So the alpacas can see that and they'll go after that for feeding. And gorse is always green. There's some fresh growth coming through. Enough spiky though. And a little bit of yellow buds on the gorse as well. The advantage of this time of year when it's all low tide for vegetation is that you can see the fence lines, you can see where the holes are, hopefully. It's a good time for doing fence repairs, at least theoretically. The weather sometimes against you. It's not pleasant working weather, but it's good visibility for maintenance and repairs. Oh, there's a bit of a sag on a fence over there, and that needs a post needs seeing to. So there's plenty of things to see and be working on. Buzzard just cruising overhead, followed by seagulls, who are remarkably inland. Oh, there's a whole bunch of them. You see one or two, and then the, the, the others start drifting across. coming through the stones the top end of the by the bridge the top end of the lake dripping here and there so surveying the work that needs to be done in the next week or two while we can still see what's going on good time to cut back the brambles before the nesting starts before and while we've got fallen branches and trees and things that's a good time to be clearing those setting the structure for the spring. Is there anything that's in the way? A weed. Some of these trees, they are weeds. They just grow up. And and I didn't plant that. Where did that come from? And it's just the blown seed and, and stuff. That, that's what trees do. It's the colonizing and moving into an area and filling it up. And some of it needs just taming a bit more <laughs> and taking those out. So these these it's a weed if it's in the wrong place. So that I'll need to, to sort out a bit of those. Got a whole lot of ash saplings, most of which are doing quite well, actually. We've had ash die back, creep up the valley, and you can see blown, the spores being blown along the wind line and, and affecting tree after tree after tree. But there are some new ones, these saplings coming through. There's some new growth there that's pretty good. It looks like it isn't affected, so maybe there's some resistance developing there, but there's some dead Dead limbs, dead trees, which would be usefully cleared and burnt, get rid of potential further infection. Yeah, so paths are, are wide open and everything's sort of eaten back a bit by the alpacas and died back or hasn't started growing yet. So yeah, lots of things to be done. It's that tidying time of year, except the weather's so cold and wet and inhospitable that it doesn't invite you to come out some of the early spring days you you want to get out there because it's so wonderful it's just a bit miserable at the moment so i will pick my moment and we'll do what needs to be done there's a bit where the the silt 
because there's so much water now. Uh, there's a, an area, there's a drainage ditch that silts up and there'll be a lot more flow of water which will start to move the silt again. And it blocks the blocks the pipe at the end of this run and then uh, starts overflowing and just, we get a river over the path rather than it going underneath. So I shall have to go and explore that later on. So that's uh, 16th of January. A lovely Saturday morning. This is the Alpaca Tribe, and I'm Steve Hetherington. Have a great day.